Welcome to Prepare to Care, the AARP podcast with resources and tools to support the millions of family caregivers who provide unpaid care for their loved ones. I am your host for today, Juanita Jimenez Soto. Now, tis the season for scams. That's right. The holidays is a time for family, for fun, traditions. It's also a time when scammers feel empowered, if I may use that word. So what can you do to keep from becoming a victim of, of fraud, especially during the holidays? Here with me is Mary McFadden with the District Attorney's Office. She's here to give me and you some practical advice so that you do not become the victim of fraud. Coming up on Prepare to Care. Hi, Mary. Hi, good morning, Juanita. Thank you for joining us. Oh, thank you for having me. So tell me, I mean, I, the holidays, again, it's fun, family tradition, but people really need to keep an eye out for folks who are out there wanting to take their money and scam them. What are we looking at in the Houston area? Oh, well, thank you for the question. I think it's, I think we need to make sure that our community, um, our 50 plus and our elders are aware of what's happening. So thank you again for having me. Um, holiday season, in addition to any other time of the year, it's always fraught with fraud and scams. Um, our 50 plus community is a target for the scammers. Um, and it, like you said, especially during the holiday season. So the best thing that we can do and the best advice that we can have is to tell our, our community that they need to have a certain level of mistrust about things that are asked of them. They need to understand what they're being asked to do and understand the language of the information that they're given. So, I mean, what are we talking about? Can you give us an example? Sure. So, for instance, when we talk about elder scams or 50-plus scams, what we're really talking about is someone who used deception um, to misappropriate or to take without approval or consent another person's money. Um, one very popular one during the holidays is the grandparent scam. So what we know is that grandparents love their grandchildren. They're going to do anything and everything to help that grandchild, especially if they believe them to be in trouble. And so we know that there's a, there's a whole community and population of people out there who will call up and what they do is called phishing, right? Not like your F-I-S-H phishing, mm -hmm. but it's, it's P-H-I-S-H. But it's still the same idea. You throw a line out there with just a little bit of information with the idea of getting more. And so they call with a name and they say, um, they pretend to be the grandchild and they say, Granny, you know, Grandpa, and the conversation starts. So first of all, certain level of mistrust. Who's calling? Why are they calling? Also, slow down. There's no need to rush, to be in a rush to give away money. And so there's all kinds of tips that we can give, but the first one is to just have a level of mistrust. Well, I mean, during the holidays, it's the time where people are actually more giving and more open. How, how do you go about doing that? I mean, I, I, I know with someone who maybe is 50 plus, it's just a matter of having someone to talk to and what have you. So do you think that that's what they're preying on? Absolutely. They're, they're preying on that 50 plus are isolated, right? Um, they're also easily embarrassed. They don't want anyone to know that they've made a mistake. Um, but ultimately, it is the idea that you have to act now. And so instead of acting immediately, just slow down. Call your grandson or your granddaughter. Call your daughter. Call a neighbor. Ask for advice. 
So verify. Absolutely. Verify that there is a need to turn over this money. Verify to whom you're giving the money. Um, Another big tip is don't give money to someone that you've never met. People generally aren't going to call you and have a viable reason, um, a real reason to take money from you if you don't know them. What other scam is uh, prevalent this time of year? Charity scams are really big during this time of the year. As you mentioned, Juanita, this is the the season of giving, right? We want to be um, charitable. We want to help others. And so at this time of the year, charity fraud is very big. And so what I would certainly suggest is that if you want to give to a charity, if you want to be in that helpful giving spirit, that's perfectly fine. But you need to know what charity it is that you're giving to, that you're going to give money to. You also need to do the appropriate research. So again, verify. Ask your friends. Ask your family. Um, If you're computer savvy, go online. There are all sorts of services and resources that we can give. Um, so that you can verify that that charity is, in fact, real. Is there a, a hotline, a phone number that people can call? There is a, uh, a website, and we can certainly give you that information to share with your podcast listeners, where they can go and they can verify the, the, um, the, the legitimacy. That they can go and verify the legitimacy of the charity. Gotcha. What about a third? Is there a third out there? Because I'm thinking the holidays, that they're running rampant. Maybe credit cards you know, type scams, uh, skimmers, there's so many out there. There there are so many out there. Um, again, if we're talking about scams that are really prevalent over the holiday season, a big one is the romance scam. Um, it's this time of the year when people are lonely. They want to be loved. They want to be part of something. And I believe it's a time where the romance scammers are really effective. So what a romance scam is, um, we have elders who go online and they try to meet people. Um, you know, 50 plus want to date just like 25 plus, right? Yes. Um, and so they are online. They are using Match.com and those type of services. They meet people and those people aren't always legitimate. So again, be distrustful, right? When someone that you've never met asks you for money. Don't feel rushed into giving money and make sure you verify that if someone is asking, you know the purpose of the reason. You know the purpose for that money. Do we know, I mean, all these scams, do we know who is more, has a better, well, not a better chance, but who is targeted more, women or men? Do we, do we know any of that? So I think, I think depending on the type of scam, uh, women are probably targeted more on the romance scam. I think when you're talking about more generic scams like grandparent scams, lottery scams, um, your health care scams, things like that, I think it's probably shared equally. What is the health care scam? What is that? So the health care scam, we know that um, our we, we know that at a certain age people qualify for Medicare across the board, right? Um, health care scams can either be phone calls, they can also be online. And basically, it is the, the fraudster, the scammer, who's trying to get your personal information so that they can make purchases against your Medicare. Um, healthcare fraud can also be basically sending you um, false prescriptions. You think you're you know, asking your local CVS online for a prescription, and in fact, you're not. You're going to a different online resource, and they're sending you prescriptions that aren't really, truly the medicine that you think. You know, a lot of people are wondering, how did they get my number? 
How do they do? I mean, how do these scammers? I, I would think that they do. They have a database that they go to. I mean, how does that work? Right, and I think that's a good question. We've all heard about the black web. We've heard about um, how easy it is to get your information, and there's truth to that. Um, we know once you get one piece of information, a quick Google search will give you lots more, and you just continue to build off of that uh, initial resource. Um, we know that the information that it pertains to an individual, the social security number, the driver's license number, the banking information, the credit card numbers, that information is more valuable to scammers and fraudsters than an expensive purse or a car, more often than not. Why is that? Because that information, your personal information, can be reused. It can be resold. Until you become aware that your information is out there and being used, it can be credited from and off of. It can be put towards a new credit card, a new line of credit. It can open um, all kinds of resources to that scammer, and it can be done quickly. So personal information is worth more than uh, a Louis Vuitton uh, purse because it's instant, I guess, instant um, money that you're getting by selling that purse where opposed, opposed to this information just coming and coming and coming? Right. I mean, if you think about it, if, if, a, if someone steals a Louis Vuitton, they're going to go pawn it for a small percentage of the value, right? As opposed to if you stumble a, a, upon someone who has uh, decent credits, you can open how many credit cards, how many lines of credit, how can you, can you go to um, a car dealership and purchase a car immediately, and how fast can all of that happen? Just think about how much you can spend if you really put your mind to it. In your experience, has anyone recovered any of their money? Has anyone, you know, who's been the victim of fraud and scams, have anyone gotten their money back? Sure. I mean, we can investigate scams and fraud and theft. What you have to remember is that part of investigating a crime is knowing who is committing the crime. So if a person, a live person, walks into the bank and tries to cash a check, for instance, there should be video there should be some information. Now, who is that person though? Even though I have a picture of you, I don't necessarily know who you are. Now take that a step farther. Let's say that you agree on a grandparent scam to send $20,000, right, via FedEx and you send it to a PO box. You've never met the person. You have a phone number and a PO box who could be linked to anyone. And so it's much more difficult to investigate and solve that crime. You always have to remember that we need certain pieces anytime we investigate and charge a person. And identity when it comes to theft and fraud and scams is always our most difficult. That doesn't mean we're, we're never successful. It just means that these crimes are very, very difficult to investigate. So the best thing you can do is prevention. Mistrust, don't give your money to someone you don't know, and slow down and ask questions and verify. How soon can someone do that? I mean, as soon as they realize, oh my gosh, someone has my information, you know, what if, what if you don't realize that your information is out there? Right. So if you become aware that your information has been used, immediately report it to law enforcement. If nothing else, law enforcement can open an investigation. Perhaps there are others who have the same phone number that they have been scammed from, the same P.O. box. Perhaps they can put together a bigger case. That's your first step. Your second step is to immediately close accounts. Call your credit card, call your bank, close accounts, transfer accounts, get a new driver's license. 
those type of things. And then depending on the uh, resources and ability of the, of the person, um, get a credit monitoring service that can tell you when your credit is being used, when it's being checked, and then that way, hopefully, again, prevention is available. So what you're telling me is the best thing to do is to verify all the information. Be skeptical when someone you don't know contacts you asking for money. Um, if this has happened to you or you think you're the victim of scam, call law enforcement. Report it. Um, call the credit cards. And if you have the asset or driver's license, get a new driver's license. And if you have the assets, if you have the means, you know, hire these credit um, monitoring service, I guess, for, uh, I guess they go by subscription. So let me ask you, what if you don't know your information's out there? Can scammers hold on to it and use it later? Is it worth more now or is it worth more later? If, if you don't know that your information, well, let me start with this. Your information is out there. It's out there. In an era of the technology and the availability, some piece of your information is out there. The reality is it takes more, generally it takes more than just one piece of information. What people are going for is your social security number so that they can then find out your credit card numbers, so that they can then make purchases. So your information is out there. You just need to be vigilant and know if and when it's being used, which is why credit monitoring companies are so valuable. You know immediately if someone is trying to run your credit. If it's not you, then you got to start verifying and asking questions. But it can be used at any point. Wow, okay. Right. Another question is, a lot of times people say that the person who's scamming you could be someone you know. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. When we talk about scams and frauds, there are two sources. It's either the unknown, like we've been talking about. It's also the known person. Often this is a family member. It could be a caretaker or it could be someone that you're in close contact with, a neighbor, um, someone at church, um, maybe someone at your banking institution, that type of thing. Wow. Wow. So what I would say to those people as well is if it's a known person, a known perpetrator, you still have to go through the same steps. For instance, um, 50 plus um, as well as 25 plus, we often rely on power of attorneys. We want to know that if something happens to us, someone else will be accountable to take care of us, to help manage our money and manage our medical uh, status and those type of things. Power of attorneys don't give an individual carte blanche to go spend money right? It means that when necessary, you need to help the person who has the power of attorney in a way that is reasonable and lawful. So know what you're signing. Know what the power of attorney says. Is there a gift clause, right? Know what it is that's in that power of attorney. The other thing that we often see are deeds. If someone comes to you, your child, your, your niece, your nephew, your, your neighbor, and they're asking you to sign something, read it right? You have to know what you're signing. So just because someone says, oh, sign this deed over and I'll give you whatever it is, right? Once you've signed it, we cannot go back and undo it. You have to be vigilant. You have to verify what you're signing and know the purpose of it. You know, older people, 50 plus community, a lot of times they're trusting in the person that is putting these documents before them if they realize, or someone, another member of their family, let's say, or friend, realizes, hey, you've been taken advantage of, what recourse do they have? 
Well, when we're talking about things like deeds of trust, right, so your home, um, perhaps some property that you have, the recourse would be to, of course, call law enforcement, um, make, the, make the report, but you have to understand that if a person knowingly who has capacity, they've got the mental ability to understand, if they sign off on something, they're presumed to have read it. They're presumed to have understood it. Um, the only way to really have recourse is if there's deception. So if I tell you it's a lease and maybe it's a deed, but then again, you signed it, you should have read it. You should know the contents, right? So the recourse is there to recover the property, to recover the money. Um, it, it, the, the, it is a possibility, but again, these returns of money and returns of property are often difficult. So, I mean, your office, I, I would assume, is very, very busy all the time, but especially during the holidays. Unfortunately, we are very, very busy. Um, we have way too many of our 50-plus being scammed and taken advantage of by, you know, unknown, but also by the known people, the loved ones. So let me ask you, um, if you had one piece of advice to give the listener, one thing they should walk away with, what would that be? Just one? <laughs> well, give me three because, I mean, we have a lot going on. No, no, no. And I think, I think, again, number one is verify. Always verify. Again, regardless of if you know the person or you don't, verify. What is it that you're signing? What is it that they want? Two, if you don't know them, don't give them money. Make sure that you know the person and it's face-to-face. -face. And then finally, if it's too good to be true, it is. That saying holds so much weight in any in any type of situation, and especially here, right? You, people don't get something for free, especially in this day and age. So if it's too good to be true, and you know that, then just stop. Gotcha. Well, Mary McFadden, thank you so much. Well, thank you again for having me, Juanita. And these are great, great tips because you never know. It could be someone who's 25 who's falling for these scams. It could be someone who's 50 plus. It is very valuable information, especially during the holidays when there is so much you want to be lovey-lovey, let's be nice, peace on earth. But we also, like you said, have to be vigilant and we have to verify everything. So um, if you thought today's podcast was helpful or if you have friends or family who are new to caregiving, Invite them to follow the Prepared to Care podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, or at www.aarp.org slash Houston PTC. Take our Prepared to Care podcast survey to help us improve the future episodes and find out other uh, information about caregiving, caregiving planning, local resources, anything that will help you and your loved one. Thank you for listening, and as always, thanks for caring.